Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I beat the track down, screaming loud, the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and looking for You excited for boxing, Elijah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I am. <laughs> That's what I like. That's what I like. There's standing account radio coming right at you. Strong style media. I have some weird, I'm trying to figure out. I did, I hit something on my, uh, my, uh, whatchamacallit, my mixer. And now mm-hmm. my headphones don't like me and I can't figure out why. So excuse me if I get a little confused at some point. Because <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing? There we go. I think that sounds better. Uh, you sound, you sound decent. A little muffled, a little muffled. And this this no computer life is, is is no no fun. You came back with a heavy right hook there. Now you sound clear as day. So whatever you just did right there, my God, Elijah sounds as sexy as ever. I'm still trying to recover vocally from last night. We went to a kill switch engage and anthrax, and that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a fun show. I, I will say it myself. We uh, but, we had to sound Demetrius on Whitehagen's shoulders, yeah. going crazy. Which <laughs> was pretty entertaining. That was fun. Good show. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk boxing with you. We missed last week because I have an addiction to NHL open ice, and they decided to put one downtown Minneapolis. Therefore, I took away my uh, co-host from you guys. But I didn't do it this week. This week, I figured I'd play fair. Uh, we got a we got a rundown last week's. Crazy welterweight fiasco. Uh, Danny Garcia took on Brandon Rios. Keith Thurman was involved. Sean Porter was involved. Jim Gray was involved. <laughs> you can say, get out. Get out of the ring. Get out. Get out of the ring. <laughs> you know, I tried and tried to find a sound clip of that. I could not find anything with a good quality that would let me upload. Everything I would find would say incompatible uh, to download to MP3. I could not get it. I was getting so mad. So maybe I'll play it over the microphone uh, from my phone because it was just so good. (laughs) Yeah, this this is daddy's moment. Get out of here. Jim Gray was, he was so pissed he couldn't give a shit. As uh, Tourette's guy would say, <laughs> it was it was wild, um, but great. You know, it was a fun fight. Rios did a hell of a lot better than we gave him any sort of credit for. So we'll eat a little crow and talk that. Also, is middle that, of the show. Is that good, is that good for that? Rios or bad for Garcia? Is that is that look good for Rios or does that look bad for Garcia? Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll have to we'll, we'll talk that when we come back from the break. We'll we'll leave you as a cliffhanger. Uh, middle of the show, though, we got Superfly 2 from HBO last night. Three awesome fights. Talking the Donnie Nietes fight against Juan Carlos Rebeco. The brawl Carlos Quadras had with McWilliams Arroyo. The great main event between Sarissa Ketsor, Rung Visay, and Juan Francisco Estrada. And I also want to ask Elijah, uh, after these fights, where do we go from here with, with the division? 
And if they decide to not retire or move up and wait and stay, how does Nelia Inoue and Roman Chuck Latito Gonzalez fit in the mix? So we got a big, big uh, junior lightweight compact section in the middle of the show for you for the meat and potatoes of it. Because uh, last night was a great show. It was just, just fantastic boxing once again. I hope these Superfly cards continue to be uh, a thing of the future because they, they do great, it sounds like, number-wise. And, and they're always fun fights. And obviously, we're closing out tonight. Next week, HBO and Showtime are coming out with two big cards. When I say big cards, Showtime's got a triple header, HBO with a double header. Obviously, Kovalev leading the charge on HBO, Deontay Wilder and King Kong leading the charge on Showtime. A lot of great fights next week, so we're going to talk those, break them down. If we have any time left as well on the show... We'll just kind of hodgepodge around, talk, talk some upcoming upcoming stuff, what we want to see, you know, just 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 give you some fun content. But I'm excited. Um, Elijah's finishing up the Superfly 2 now. I know he's got a lot to say with Garcia and Rio, so we don't want to keep you waiting. We're going to hit you with our first break. We come back. We're talking Danny Garcia, Brandon Rios, Jim Gray, and the rest of the welterweights. Don't go away. Most people Woo! consider this. Illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop culture is where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, so the sound radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Sound Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, Search Bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over the safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, list. Who can play at this game? What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. But if you actually wanted boba, it's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe word's Barbara. (laughs) I like that. 
Okay. Coming back at you live, and, and Elijah, you posed a great question. Uh, do you want to rephrase your question one more time for the fans? I said, since Rios like looked halfway decent against Danny Garcia, is that a good look for Rios, or is it more of a bad look for Danny Garcia? Is it a bad thing if I say both? No, not at all. Because I'm kind of thinking that too. Because because I I think oh, you. You get well. Let me answer your question, then you can then you can jump at me. Let me let me give yeah, you my thought to your question. Um, I think Garcia didn't expect Rios to do as well as he did, and maybe wasn't you know wasn't as as di- didn't prepare for that type of, of a fight where Rios showed that he still could kind of hang a little bit, but then Garcia turned it up and showed that he is a superior fighter than Rios. So that's why I'm saying both. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I will say though that that's the best shape I've seen Rios in, and I don't even know how many times. <laughs> Since maybe Alvarado. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's so true though. You're, I mean, I I didn't even think of it that way. He, and you know, maybe some, you know, maybe it's one of those things where a layoff was a good thing for him. You yeah, know, I know you he, never become the same fighter after taking a vicious defeat but I mean he he looked halfway decent I just I don't know who he goes in there with to get a big payday that they could headline a show with yeah I don't know either he'd have to go in with somebody who who would like maybe like brawl with him you know like someone like kind of similar to him where they just kind of just stand in the middle of the ring and just pummel on each other yeah, yeah. Because a lot of those other guys, man, I don't know. Like, I don't – I see him losing worse to guys like <laughs> Thurman and um, Spence. Like, I thought he was a better uh, – Garcia's, like, kind of a better matchup for Rios. Would you, guys, like, would you give Rios a shot against a guy, you know, like an older – Lucas Matisse now, or did Matisse show in that Kiram Tiwa fight that he's back? Oh, I definitely would give him a shot against Matisse. Okay, so that's there, there's kind of your. I think that's kind of your roughly your starting point. Then you'd almost have to go. Yeah. Um, I do you give him a shot against Jesse Vargas? Yeah, I mean, I it, like I would. I, I, I think I don't think Jesse Garcia. I don't think Jesse Vargas is like even on the level of Danny Garcia, really. So yeah, I I give him a shot against Vargas. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the rest of this. Thurman, no Spence, no. I I don't. He already got his ass whipped by Pacquiao. I don't need to see that. He already got beat up by Garcia. I don't need to see that. He's not beating Porter. He's not beating Brooke. 
Two other guys on this top 10 list I'm looking at, I'll ask you about real quick. Jeff Horn. Has he got a shot against Jeff Horn? Yes. Okay. So that's three. So we're looking at seven, eight, and 10, according to ESPN's pound for pound for the, the division. Last guy is uh, Jordanus Ugas, who we saw mm-hmm. on the same card. No. I think I think Ugas is like like gonna start. He's gonna start kind of climbing up the ranks pretty quickly here. Um, it's yeah, it's you know it's crazy to say not to cut you off with it. Um, ESPN has the top eight just stagnant the same. Thurman Spence, Pacquiao Garcia, Porter Brook, Vargas Horn, and then uh, it's got Ordenas Ugas as somebody who wasn't even in the top ten now shot up to number nine with a green up arrow. So I think you're I think you're same page as them. You're 100% right with him. He looks dangerous. I mean, he's rangy. He can punch. I, like, I, I think I think he would probably stop Rios pretty easily, honestly. You know, so we talked him. He, you know, he was on that car with David Benavidez. Um, you know, we saw the Garcia-Rios. So let's, let's move into that, though. Danny Garcia defeats Brandon Rios. Rios put up some strong punches. You know, if he had a little more power like he used to, he might have really done some damage, I think. He landed some yeah. clean shots, but it just didn't seem like he had it. It seemed like he would have needed to keep doing that for another four to five, four or five rounds without losing any kind of any kind of stamina to be able to do any damage because it wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, I, I shouldn't say it wasn't working, but it just it, it wasn't affecting him. Is that a better way to put it? Yeah, they just weren't like – the punches weren't bothering Garcia. Uh, Garcia walks through him, gets the victory. Uh, we we see Keith Thurman in the crowd, which Garcia's get going at it with jaw jack. And Sean Porter makes his way into the ring, and all hell breaks loose with this. I know you were excited because you're a guy who really believes that Sean Porter deserves a shot and should be getting these opportunities. Am I right? Yes, and I will go like there's no bias here because I hate watching I hate watching him fight. <clears throat> I would prefer not to watch him fight, but he is dangerous and he makes the good guy, the like the top guys work. And, you know, you could argue that he beat Keith Thurman in their fight. Like you could argue that, you know, he beat Kel Brook, you know? So it's like, I feel like nobody wants to fight that guy because he's rough headbutts he like just he like he doesn't fight pretty and he he'll take a lot out of you you know what i mean mm-hmm. and he's just, he's a tough fight and it's 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 like a wrestling match I there with him. Him. I, if if i was a top flight bike boxer and he was in my division i would avoid him because he makes you look kind of he may he makes you look bad too like not like necessarily bad where like you can't fight anymore, but just the fights aren't pretty with him and they take mm-hmm. a lot out of you and they're just rough, rough house fests. I, I may, let me, let me see. I don't know how good this is, but let me find, let me play this. Yeah. See, could not find a good quality of it anywhere. I almost went back and tried to dig back through my DVR and find it and record it off off the TV to my phone. But there's yeah. just no good quality of it. But Sean Porter interrupts, calling out Danny Garcia wanting his shot. 
they both talk about, you know, I'll fight you in Vegas. Then they say they cheered out from Vegas. And Garcia says, I own Vegas. And then says, Philly stand up, which confused me if I didn't know, you know, it's like somebody who had never watched wrestling and they go in and all they see is the New Day throwing pancakes at people. You wouldn't know what's going on. Yeah. Hearing, hearing Danny Garcia say, uh, you ain't winning in my town. And then he puts over Philly threw me for a loop. So I apologize for that one, but I stuck with it. I stuck with it long enough to see the real MVP in my opinion, Jim Gray going ham. And I am talking going ham. He's shoving people. He's screaming at Sean. He's got bigger balls than Danny Garcia does. Danny Garcia was, was talking with one foot behind him. Jim Gray's like, get out of here. This is Danny's moment. Jim Gray was going ham. (laughs) Danny Garcia needs to have Jim Gray train him apparently. Um, But It was it was wild, and then Porter gets into it in the hall, like the lobby of of the building with Keith Thurman. They started going at it. Um, I know that's something you wanted to talk about last week, but Sean Porter is really going out of his way to do the the Shannon Briggs, but with talent approach, you could call it. Because yeah. uh, he's he is trying to plead his case. Do you, what do you what do you want to see for Sean Porter next? Is does he should he fight Danny, or should he already be given Keith Thurman, or what do you think for what do you think is fair for Porter? I would like to see Porter and Thurman fight, and Spence and I mean the Porter and uh, Garcia fight and Spence and Thurman fight, then like the winner out of those goes for the belts or goes for all of them. Do you think it would almost be worth having Thurman take a tune-up, have Spence get another two fights in this, like over over on TV in, in like a big televised Showtime show? And the reason I say two fights for Spence is you give Thurman a tune-up. And you could even do a super – you could literally treat this like super fly. You have um, Gary Russell – excuse me, uh, Errol Spence Jr. fight – guy A. Keith Thurman fights guy B, and then we have Garcia fight Porter. Then you do another show with the Garcia-Porter winner fighting Thurman after his tune-up. You get Spence one more televised fight, to which then you lead into the the fight between essentially Thurman and Spence, I would assume, is what it would be. Yeah. Yeah, that probably sounds better than mine. It, and, and, and the only reason I say it, I know, and I know it's delaying. I know this is really delaying the fight, but I feel like you give Spence two more fights to really get some notoriety behind him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I just, like two fights. That's a lot of fights. I like maybe I like just. I would like to see them just fight one other person because that's all. Keith Thurman should only really need one tune-up, honestly. If he's like. If he says he needs more than that, he's kind of delaying the inevitable or trying to delay the inevitable, yeah. in my opinion. The only reason so. also I'll say why I said two fights is Spence said he's fighting three times this year, which means yeah. you could do you could do it this way and you would still be able to do Thurman Spence in 2019, like beginning yeah. of 2019. So it literally would only be a year away. 
And I guess, too, maybe you got to kind of uh, worry about what Crawford's going to do in that division, too, and somehow he's going to kind of probably slide in there, too. So, yeah, because yeah, that's true. Because he's got Horn, and not to April, I think he's got, or maybe yeah. May something. So that's a good point too. And and that's that's the nice thing about what that welterweight division is. You got you got a good logjam. Uh, Errol Spence, uh, June sixteenth. He's already locked up the date for his next fight. So my guess is yeah. he's going to fight in June, and then he'll probably fight, you know, November December time. Which realistically, Thurman's fighting in May. Um, Porter and Garcia are both don't have anything scheduled. Who's to say you can't shoehorn those two on the undercard of the Thurman fight in May? You have yeah. Spence in June, and then you could put a show together at the end of the year when boxing really tries to you know ramp up as the year closes when it gets a little slow. Yeah, and then you could set up for the big Thurman, uh, Errol Spence presumably in like April. Yeah. Oh, one thing I was going to add about the Porter thing that I totally forgot, but I think I was watching a video with where Porter and Thurman were both, like, talking, like they were, like, kind of being interviewed. And even Keith Thurman was like, I'm not going to fight you for my first fight coming off a layoff. <laughs> He's, like, I need to He's like, why would I why would I fight you or any of the other top guys after a layoff for my first fight back? <laughs> I guess yeah. at least you being honest. Yeah, so I mean, like it's smart. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't fight if I was a boxer and I was coming off a, a big layoff, like surgery and whatever. I don't think I would fight a top fighter as my first fight back. You definitely need that that tune-up fight to kind of get acclimated again. And you know, so it's that makes sense. I'm looking at. I'm looking at these ratings. Uh, they still have Terrence Crawford listed as number one in the 140 junior welterweight. So I think that's why he wasn't listed yet because, you know, it's not a for sure move up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, April 14th is that Crawford-Horn fight, so it's right around the corner. This whole welterweight division is all going to shape up here in the next, you know, in the next six months or next three months. We'll have seen Thurman fight. We have, we'll have already seen Spence fight. Pacquiao supposedly is going to be on that undercard of Horn Crawford to try to sell some tickets and pay-per-view buys. Kel Brook fights March. Who is Pacquiao fighting again? Um, on the the undercard. Yeah, wasn't he, um, wasn't there a fight that he like it was announced who he was fighting? Wasn't it kind of like? Uh, in, it, like a, it was. Um, I think it was Mike Alvarado. Yeah, God, gross. Uh, a nobody lot of was, nobody wants to see Mile High get beat up again. <laughs> I, I I mean I think that's literally what it is 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 let's put Manny on an under on the undercard where he can just dominate somebody and hopefully sell because I mean like I said what was the um you know it, it's um what was who was it that I was thinking of oh no that was Matisse and Spence that that uh, Spence out drew or Matisse out drew Spence. I was thinking Crawford, um, you know, but I, I, it's, look, it's, it's a terrible way to pad your fight um, and make Manny look strong. Cause there's talks that, that Aram is letting Manny Pacquiao pick his next fight. And I'm assuming if he's going to let him pick his next opponent, Manny's probably calling it quits pretty soon. And you know, Manny Pacquiao is a guy who's not going to go out doing the, the uh, 
Oh God, what was his name? Who is the Who is the guy that Floyd fought as his retirement fight? Before Berto, his retirement. Yeah, I you know, Pacquiao's not going to do the Berto thing. He probably won't win the fight if you know if he does what he wants to do. So it's probably not the smartest thing if you're Manny Pacquiao. He might have to go sniper Bobby Pacquiao and throw some blow blows. But <laughs> it sounds like Manny wants to fight Crawford or Lomachenko after Alvarado. Yeah, yeah I was actually going to say, I was going to say, it's going to be, I was going to guess that Pacquiao probably would go out fighting Crawford and Bob Arum is like, kind of like behind the scenes saying, Manny, you know how much money I've made you over the years? And, you, know, you, you, were my top, you were my top guy, and I got so much respect for you. But can you do me a solid? And can you go in there against Terrence Crawford and make him a star? Like, you know what, totally... though? It's, I hate to say it, but Elijah, if you think about it in a pro wrestling standpoint, it's great business. Because Terrence Crawford, we talk about week in and week out. He's one of the I think I think I have him third on my pound for pound behind Lomachenko and Golubkin. I don't remember where you had him, but I know I, I know you had him top three. I'm almost yep. positive about that. The problem is he's just two, I believe two or three. I can't remember. You know, it's just he doesn't draw, and you know, we we kind of were trying to analyze why he didn't draw, and we you know we didn't really figure it all out. You know, we, we ran into some problems figuring it out. We're still trying to figure this out why he's not drawing because he's, he's a fun fighter. He'll go out there and beat the hell out of your, your best friend's favorite fighter. You know, he, he's, yeah. he's doing what Golovkin was doing years ago that made Golovkin such an attraction, but it's, you know, it's like I said, maybe it's these small venues that that's not attracting. I don't know what it is, especially when we talk, Victor Vostal was his, his biggest, opponent and it was one of the worst pay-per-view bought fights in the last you know 10 12 years yeah. having him fight manny pacquiao is going to put eyes on him mm-hmm. people will pay for it just to watch manny pacquiao and they're going to see this dude who's who will you know most likely rough him up um i will say i'll, I'll present this question to you uh, elijah if you're bob arum what do you do if Pacquiao beats him, though? <laughs> like, how, how do you spin that to not go, oh, crap, the unthinkable happened? If if I'm Rob Aram, I pull out my Oscar De La Hoya hat and, and, and rig, it, rig the scorecards. <laughs> you, you, go, you see, like, Pacquiao wins as many rounds as we thought he won, won against Jeff Horn, and you see Bob Aram suddenly going over to the uh, – to the judges table and he's got like four dudes in suits that are like as big as Braun Strowman with them. And suddenly one eighteen, one ten, Bud Crawford. I was like, what the hell? And Bob Arum's just smiling. <laughs> Doing the million dollar man. Oh man. This is like a movie now. And they, if I'm Bob and then, Arum, I have Adelaide bird as a judge. <laughs> you can see her come walking in and Pacquiao is just kind of like, damn it. Or it's the oh, guys man. from Australia. <laughs> and then so then the movie concludes with Crawford and Pacquiao working together to take down the evil Bob Arum in double take <laughs> two straight to Netflix <laughs> and, and I mean you know honestly I'm not expecting Pacquiao to lose to Crawford but you know it, that's that's still a dangerous human being any way you want to spin it but I would love to watch the fight because 
you know, as much as he may not totally affect him with any kind of a crazy shot, I tell you, I tell you, he'll be able to swarm Crawford more than Crawford's ever been swarmed on before, I think. And it'd be nice to watch Crawford to see how well his defense and his counterpunch can go against a guy who's willing to throw a hundred punches around. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we're not getting the best that it was. I do you think Pacquiao has a better chance against Crawford by the way Crawford fights, or does he have a better chance if he were to fight Lomachenko? Uh, I mean it's it's tough it's a tough question because Crawford can like do both. You know, he can outfight you and he can outbox you. So mm-hmm. who doesn't say that who doesn't say that Crawford like you know, fearing Manny's power, kind of just stays back and picks him apart. Yeah. You know, and, well, and I'll tell you what, I think he, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, keep going. But honestly, I think I think Pacquiao would probably have a better chance against Lomachenko just because the size difference between Crawford and, and Pacquiao, like the size and length difference between Crawford and Pacquiao is pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah, I, I think Pacquiao. I think Crawford could use like his his length and his like his length to kind of establish like space and kind of keep Pacquiao off of him. Honestly, you know what's the one but, thing too? I think that adds to the benefactor going exactly with what you said. Um, that I think gives Crawford a better chance to beat. I think. I think Pacquiao had a better chance to beat Lomachenko than, than Crawford, even though I think Lomachenko is my pound-for-pound pound number one right now, is I think Lomachenko would, would go right into Manny the way Manny likes to fight, which gives him a better chance. And I think Crawford's yeah. the first guy who will, who will has no problem admitting that he is not going to risk taking any kind of a punch Manny has, where some guys' egos won't let him do that. And I think that's yeah. where Crawford deserves the respect is because he's not one to take anybody lightly. And he'd go yeah. out there and go, okay, I know what you're about. Now I'm going to work around it and beat you. See, I, I think you're, I think you're spot on, man. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know. I've seen him outbox guys, and I see him out. I've seen him outfight guys. So, but I don't know, man. I don't like it's. It's tough between those two because they're both just so good. And Pacquiao's yeah. like, you know, up there in age. Like it's like, God, who? I don't know if he has a. I don't know if, like, I think both fighters, like, present such huge problems for him just due to, like, his age. Is it fair? Is it fair to say that I think a Pacquiao versus Crawford or Lomachenko fight would sell tickets and make money and continue to elevate either opponent Pacquiao's? And it would be a great fight, but I feel like it would go the way of Joshua Klitschko where Pacquiao in the Klitschko role does better than anybody ever imagined he could do against the young upstart opponent, um, but he just couldn't do enough anymore at this part of his career. Yeah. Which yeah, gives I mean, us, I mean, that, look, I mean, look, and look where that took us last, last November. That took us to our fight of the year. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's not a bad thing whatsoever. Um, but I want to see it. I, I, you know, I respect the hell out of Manny Pacquiao. That dude will go out swinging. And, you know, I, I want Terrence Crawford to be a household name. You know, I, I preached about Triple G being a household name for, 
for seven years or so watching him on, on these HBO cards. You know, well, I and, it, it, and it, you know, and it finally, it finally happened, you know, come at the expense of not where it should have been. But now it's like Crawford needs to, Crawford needs to get to that pedestal. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And I, I would like, I would love to see Crawford become a household name too, because he's such a, he's such a great fighter. And he brings so much to the table, and he has a very, like, a very crowd-pleasing style, but he also has a very technical style, too, for, like, people who are more into the science of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully he can become a household name. And I was going to say, too, I actually, I've, I think I, I think I remember introducing you to Triple G, I believe. I, I, I. Yeah, we can roll that. I I think that's a good chance. I I was gonna say uh, I think Max Kellerman on ESPN LA is where I learned about Triple G. But because I think I remember I think I remember texting you telling you like when he fought um when he fought Pro- Proska or Gregor's Proska or whatever his name was. I'm like, dude, you gotta check this Triple G guy out. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's 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 one of those twos for sure because it was. It was definitely when I wasn't as into boxing as I had used to be. And yeah. um, the only time I'd hear about I mean, I'd watch it, but I never cared as much. And the only things I ever really heard about on boxing was, you know, things you told me. And then when I listened to uh, Max and Marcellus on ESPN LA, Max is always talking about all these guys in boxing. And he kept talking about this Golovkin dude. And I, I kept trying to Google it. I, re- I remember this much. I kept trying to Google it, but I could never spell it correctly, and it would never show up as, like, one of the things. I'm like, I don't know what this dude's talking about. Kellerman usually talks good, but he doesn't. It, this dude's not real. And then I just wouldn't <laughs> care. Because I'm like, this doesn't exist. And then, yeah, I think the first, my first Golovkin fight, God, what was my first Golovkin fight I've seen? Um, just, let me just pull him up on, on BoxRec, see how far back I have to go. Let's see, Gennady Golovkin. God, look at that picture. He's like a killer. Um, I think the first Golovkin fight, yeah, might have been that uh, that Grisgors Praska yeah. uh, one from September. Because then I, I remember the Gabe Rosado fight. I remember Macklin. I remember Curtis Stevens. I remember having to bootleg to see Osumanu Adama. <laughs> when he when he knocked him out, and that's when he started getting on HBO. Daniel Gio, Marco Antonio Rubio, Martin Murray. I don't know why they didn't show the Adama fight because uh, I remember yeah, Curtis really. Stevens. I was in I was in River Falls, Wisconsin, for a birthday party, and we got a hotel room. And I remember I ditched the middle of the party and told them I I had, like some kind of a stomach issue and I had to go to the bathroom and I didn't want to do it there. And I ran back up to my hotel room because they had HBO just to watch Stevens. Versus uh, <laughs> Triple G. If uh, if uh, Ash is listening, I apologize. Uh, happy birthday in November when that happened. Uh, it was a fun night, uh, but I really didn't have any problems. I just had to. I couldn't just. I I, I guess that's because I wasn't as big a big of a box. I was getting back into boxing, but I couldn't justify leaving somebody's birthday <laughs> to go watch boxing. <laughs> I think. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go with the Prosca fight would have been my introduction, and that was September first of twenty twelve. So going on, it's about five and a half years I've really got back into boxing, and 
you know, look how it took until, you know, last last September, you could almost argue, argue for Golovkin to become a name like that. Maybe maybe a fight or two before when he was in the Apple Watch commercial. But yeah. it, it took at least four years of this dude slaying people day in and day out to even get noticed. Yeah. And I feel like Crawford is going to be the same way where this dude is so good, but it's going to take so much extra effort for him to be noticed. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, uh, but probably how it's going to be. <laughs> What's your first uh, Crawford fight you can remember where he was on HBO? I want to try to do like a timeline and see where we're looking at. If we're going to play the Golovkin game. Just a second here. Would have been trying a, to... Ricky Burns, your Yorkist Gamboa. No, it wasn't Gamboa or was Burns. It, uh, before it was against Cle- Andre Klimov, Alejandro Sanbria. He was Brita on the under. Got, he was on the undercard of of a of a of a major pay per view. And I'm trying to remember who it was. Maybe it was it was probably Bridges. It was probably Bridges Prescott. That would have been March 30th, 2013. So if we go off of that, you know, he's at the time of his career where it'll be five years against Jeff Horn. If you want to just use Yorioka Scamboa as a starting point for when he really started headlining. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's going to be, you know, we got about a year until he's at that Golubkin level. So, I mean, you know, it shows that it doesn't happen and, they got to get going. And, and I think that's why the Pacquiao fight will come at the perfect time. You yeah. know, if he fights Pacquiao. And to me, it makes more sense for Pacquiao to fight Crawford than Pacquiao to fight Lomachenko because Pacquiao's now got to go down in weight and Lomachenko has to go up in weight, which is something that I don't know if Lomo wants to do immediately. Um, yeah. You also have to look at the fact that Crawford still technically is 140 pounds. And if he goes to 147, he's the same as Pacquiao. So it's not like it's a big jump or difference. And realistically, Lomachenko is still a 130-pounder. So, I mean, you've got a 17-pound difference for Lomachenko and Pacquiao. And I don't, want, I don't want them to agree to fight at 140 or like 145 or something. And Pacquiao beats Lomachenko just for the fact that Lomachenko's drained or you know, is tired from all the weight he had to gain. I don't know if that's the case, you know. Yeah. But you you brought up a point a couple weeks ago that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I'm glad we got to this way with it. The other thing that scares me is if Lomachenko goes up and, and beats Pacquiao, and if they fight at the same weight for some freaking reason they are now, that's going to take a lot of work to beat somebody, you know, three weight classes above you. The last mm-hmm. time somebody did that, they've never been the same, and his name was Roy Jones Jr. Yep. You know, you brought up the John Ruiz fight when I when I couldn't think of his name. Roy Jones came back down and got dismantled twice by Tarver. I don't want Lomachenko mm-hmm. to go all the way up, get a payday, pull off the, you know, some might even call it an upset depending on the weight class, which is kind of mm-hmm. egregious, but it is what it is. And yeah. then he goes down and gets his ass kicked by Jorge Linares at 135. Like, I don't want that to happen, and that's what scares me. Um, I think they're both Bob Arum guys. 
they're going to be on the exact same pay-per-view together. They're going to be in the same building. I think, I think it's almost systematic that we see that fight. Yep, it's bound to happen. <laughs> and it's, and it's, Pacquiao, it's Pacquiao's favorite of Bob Arum. <laughs> yep, yep. And and I guess I would say too, Bob Arum. You know, kind of a could you call it a mini favorite of Manny, letting him letting him kind of call his shot on his last on his way out, if that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, it, 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 it would be a big ahead, money for. I was gonna say it would be a big money fight for Pacquiao too. So. Mm-hmm. And and if you're Terrence Crawford, you get more notoriety, uh, the biggest payday of your life. And now you potentially are a household name. So Crawford might benefit more than anybody out of this. But that's what we want. Yeah. You know, we want that guy to be a star. Um, now that we've almost won an hour with Walter Waits, we have more more from that night. But, you know, once again, it's, it's a stacked division. You know, we both had it in our pound-for-pound pound list for divisions, although yours was much different than mine, and, and we discussed that. But that's beside the point. That's a whole other topic. Uh, we also saw that night – a fight that I didn't get to see, so uh, I'll have to get your take on this. I kind of saw I saw bits and pieces. Devin Alexander, Victor Ortiz, go to a draw. Ugh. You said it was a really yeah. good fight, though. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like it? I thought you said it was good. No, I didn't like the decision. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you said Devin Alexander bombed him, right? Yeah, Devin Alexander should have won. He, like, he outclassed him pretty easily. And I don't know what the judges were thinking, but I mean, I don't know. Devin Alexander looked good. He was, he looked fast. He um, was moving around really well. He was hitting Ortiz with some big punches. I don't know if he's still like a top level guy, but I think I think you can say he's back to almost to where he was, and he can probably could beat anyone on any given night in his in his division. So. Yeah, it, the layoff probably was good for him, you know, because he was he was like addicted to painkillers or whatever, and that's why he was like on such a long layoff because he was like trying to get that right. So, didn't he? Was that? Did he have like a back injury? No, it was a nose. Actually, he had a surgery on his nose to like okay. clear up a to like clear up a air passageway or something because he was having a hard time like getting like his full like breasts and stuff and they thought like doing that would help his like I think doing that would probably help his stamina or something like for his fighting and yeah okay. he, it was from that so because I, I couldn't remember why he had um and I think he also had a bad shoulder too for for a while too if I remember correctly but I thought I, I could have I sworn when they were, when I was watching the fight, they said that it was after his nose surgery. So I don't know, but was it a a worse decision? I'm gonna give you two other fights, and you can tell me what decision was worse. Was it okay. worse with Devin Alexander beating Victor or and getting the draw of Victor Ortiz? Was that a worse decision than um, hell? I'll give you three fights: Pacquiao and Horn. Ooh. No. Okay. Okay. So it was close though, because like with the whole like Horn Pacquiao decision, I think the blood, like I think the blood was swaying the judges. And I think like how like 
Horn was kind of roughing up Pacquiao and stuff. I think mm-hmm. I think that I think that could have swayed the judge, judges and kind of you know put them in Horn's corner there. Whereas there was no moments in that fight where Devin Alexander looked <laughs> vulnerable at all. Uh, okay, well, I, I probably I don't need to go to this one that I'm sure, but I'll just say the other one I was thinking of uh, was was Bradley Pacquiao. But if you said no to the horn, I'm, it, I mean Pacquiao Bradley might be one of the worst decisions in the history of boxing. Yeah, Bradley Pacquiao was worse than this one because <laughs> that was that was one of the especially after he gets his ass kicked two times in a row after it. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's the other one was. Was Alexander Ortiz a worse decision than Maurice Hooker and Darlie's Perez? For those that don't remember, that was on the undercard of Kovalev Ward 1, which was a fight that I actually had to go get a monster for $8 at the concessions because I started falling asleep in my seat, uh, sitting lower-level paid ticket, and I still almost fell asleep. Ooh. I will say... Tie, because <laughs> that fight not only did the fight suck, but Darley's Prez didn't even win when he was beating the hell out of Maurice Hooker. Like what? Come on! God, I was so disappointed in that fight. I was like looking forward to checking Hooker out. And he yeah, I, I remember and Isaiah sitting like next to me. <laughs> uh, Isaiah's sitting next to me and he's like, you know, I thought this was the big prospect on this undercard. And I'm like, well, apparently you thought wrong. <laughs> like, this Gabba. Is, yeah, this is not Gamma fun. <laughs> um, also last weekend, we saw the return of our knockout of the year, David Benavidez. As, as he came out and looked fantastic as normal, defeating uh, Ronald Gavril. David Benavides, man. Woo. This dude's pretty good. Oh, man. I haven't seen a guy put his punches together as well or, like, change his, like, speed up of his punches or, like, even be, like, as creative as a puncher. I haven't seen someone as good as he is in that at that in, like, years. He is. He's got some hands. Um, I'm trying like, to find that one thing Gavril, I heard. Gavril, or, uh, Gabriel's a tough dude, though, man. He he took a beating. Yeah, and he wouldn't quit. That, dude, he, went, no. he just went 24 rounds in the last year with David Benavidez. Yeah, and... <laughs> <laughs> the, the the first fight was much closer because Benavidez wasn't a hundred percent, but in this fight he obviously was a hundred percent, and we saw what uh like seventy five sixty percent Benavidez looks like versus an versus a hundred percent Benavidez. So I mean, no, you got to look at two now. Benavidez is is only twenty years old. I know he's. You could say, I mean, is he the is he the, the top draw at one sixty eight now? I mean, we're well. I mean, he's I, I okay. I should pump the brakes. He's still got a little bit of ways to go. You know, Gilberto Ramirez 
is still probably the ace of that division until he loses. You still got girls. Yeah. You still have Anthony Durrell, Caleb Smith. Obviously, Caleb Truax is in there. James DeGale. You had Andre Durrell, Chris Eubank, who did lose to George Groves. But uh, Jose Uzgatuzzi um, in that DQ against Durrell when the when Durrell's uncle came in the ring and pulled on a switchblade or whatever the hell he did there. That was the hoodest thing I've ever seen in the boxing match. <laughs> um, you know, but I think Benavidez is 20 and old. He's 20 years old. He's got to start getting some recognition at 168. He's definitely the guy that, on the list, like the guy that I'm going to want, like the guy that I'm going to go out of my way to watch out of all those guys. Um, like, you think he can clean up clean up in that division? If you're Benavidez, where do you try to go next? Do you keep just getting some wins under your belt? Or do you try to make your way into with those other three guys? Groves, Ramirez, and Truax. I think uh, I think I maybe might try and get a couple other couple more fights before I start going after the champions, but I mean, I think he could beat all three of those guys at the top, like right now. Yeah, he's but, he's dangerous, man. Yeah, I think the only one that I think deserves a little bit of re- deserves a little bit of could cause trouble is Gilberto Ramirez, because that dude's legit. Yeah. that dude's legit. But yeah, God, that, for, dude, he's twenty years old and he's this good. I haven't I haven't seen a kid under the legal drinking age this good at fighting. I don't know if I can say when. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's he's definitely he's definitely a, a man child. Um, you know, I I just clarified. I wanted to clarify an art or a, a, something I had mentioned to you before that I thought was insane. But uh, yeah, so when he was fifteen, he was five foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. Now he's 6'1", 168. And that dude lost 50 of those pounds, I guess, in one summer when he was 15. Or or one, like, calendar year when he was 15 to 16. Wow. And now look at that dude. Um, Okay, see, I thought this dude was younger. I was trying to see how old Dimitri Bevel is, but even Bevel's 27. Yeah, I would have, like, yeah. Yeah. I... I can't believe how good he is. I mean, he's, he's 20 years old. I know. I, I see this dude. As long as he doesn't go in there and, you know, over, you know fight like a guy like James DeGeele or one of the Durrells and lay off any kind of his game plan and get caught, I really don't see him losing anything of any kind of interest. You know, and he's a guy who could wait. You could wait on a guy like George Groves like three, four years make him mm-hmm. vulnerable and take his title. And yeah. I'm not saying, you know, oh, you should have fought him sooner. Okay, I get that. But we're also saying this about a guy who's 20 and not 29 years old. You know, it's much yeah. different. This dude's got a lot. You know, this, this is a guy who I haven't seen. Maybe Canelo is the only guy I've ever seen who got this much, like, of an HBO-type notoriety push since Canelo at this age. Yeah. That's a good. That's a, that's a good call. What if, what if Benavidez, Carl Froch came out of retirement to fight Benavidez? Oh man, can I be in Benavidez's corner? 
Carl Frosch is your favorite. Carl Frosch gonna call me out. Be like, bring it, Frosch. <laughs> Did, didn't didn't Carl Frosch call you fat on Twitter? Yeah, because he like he he posted something like like a picture of him working out or something, and I like made some comment, and then he called me out. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, what you got? And then I then you I could, went back. Yeah, you, to should, you, should, you should contact him again. Be like, hey, come on our show. Hey, you remember me, Frotchy boy? Frotchy baby! <laughs> Frotchy baby! <laughs> God, Carl Frotch, would, he'd be on here for five minutes. Who was it that I said I wanted to get on the show and I would totally, like, grill to the point that the guy would hang up? I said this Charlie to you, like, going oh, Yes! That's who it was! <laughs> that's who it was! Uh, stay tuned, people. Maybe we'll try to get this dude on here. This dude is a he's like clown. He's like, he's like 156 and 0. Oh my gosh! This is gonna put some respect on his name. I would, I would, I would come with the same class that I came when I talked to Primal Warpath. And are you doing his music or Stone Cold Steve Austin's music? <laughs> <laughs> his music I'm trying to. Oh my gosh, that was so intense. Um, what else do we have come out of that weekend that was that was entertaining? Uh, Caleb Caleb Plant destroyed uh, Porky Medina. That was a beating. God, Porky. <laughs> Caleb Plant now moves to 17 and 0, 25. Porky he's only 25. Porky didn't get his revenge that night. <laughs> he beat uh, the brakes off of him. That yeah, was, was almost like, as, as violent as when he beat uh, Jason or Daniel Henry. It was either Daniel Henry or uh, Jason Zaborski. No, he was the one of those dudes. I can't remember which one of the two it is, but it was that PBC fight where in the first round he was pummeling him, and the dude turned his back and was like looking at the ring post and like cowered, yeah. and he came up behind him with an uppercut. And the dude like fell into him and fell over him so hard. Yeah, and it, like to me, like to me, it was a good showing, but I wasn't like it wasn't like super impressive to me. I mean. He beat him pretty easily and made him look pretty bad, but I wish I would have. I wish he would have put his foot on the gas and just like finished him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's true because because that's one thing about Caleb Plant is. I mean, you know, he's he's been finishing, you know, before, but his last four fights have gone decision. You know, he he had ten knockouts in his first thirteen fights, and now it's. And and these have been all tougher opponents, you know, Juan De Angel, uh Thomas Awimbono, Andrew Hernandez, and then Rogelo Medina. These were all PBC showcase type semi main event fights. And they've all been yeah. ten ten round decision, twelve round decision. I don't know if that's that's a matter of him, like you said, taking the foot off the gas and just kind of rolling with it, or if it's just tougher competition and he's handling them fine, but his power wasn't as good as it was fighting, you know, guys that look like Kevin McHale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Porky Medina though, he, he does have a chin and he's like very, he's very like a very sturdy fighter. So 
I mean, I can't fault him too much for it, but I just wish that he would have just kind of put his foot on the gas a little more and just kind of maybe tried to go more for the knockout. I he's, mean, he still, he still boxed very, very well. I mean, there's, like, what was it, the last round at the end of the round where he hit him with, like, seven jabs in a row, just jabs? Oh, my God, They had that, like, overhead view from Medina's back, and so you could see Caleb Plant's face on the replay after the round where you could just watch his head snap over and over and over and over and over. It looked like he was pushing the high punch button on Mortal Kombat, and the guy's head was just going... You know, I'm looking at Caleb Plant. It is, he's had eight fights um, since September of 2015, which is a lot. Uh, he's had yeah. one fourth-round KO and one sixth-round TKO. Otherwise, six of those eight all were decisions. You know, maybe he's just becoming more patient and not worrying about the flash because he's getting, you know, he's still getting booked. He's still getting put on television. I wonder if he's just kind of like, you know what? What's the point of me doing this if I don't have to? I don't know if that that's is, the key at all. Um, I know, so it that could be, could be any of those. Because he is he is elite level boxer, and it's like you know why why not just out like outclass a guy very easily and not take a ton of punishment and stuff, especially if that's like kind of plays to his strength. Mm-hmm. And that's what it kind of yeah. seems like a little bit's going on, but. You know, I, I'm not going to discredit him. I enjoy watching boxers. I'm not somebody, you know, like, like we said with Crawford, he's, he's got that style for the purists like us, where we like that kind of stuff. I like watching yeah. Caleb Plant fight. Now, obviously, I am a corporate shill. Um, I openly have admitted this, and I don't care. Um, shout out to that WBC fight party in Vegas in 2015 or 2016. Caleb Plant was in the house. But damn it, aside from being a show, I do actually enjoy him fighting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I have no problems with that. I believe that was about everything from that fight. Uh, George Grosby, Chrissy Bang Jr., I was not able to check that out. It wasn't on our television. Nope. And I did not uh, I did not fire stick it because I was at work. So I could not find it. I don't have a fire stick, and I wasn't able to watch it either. But from what I, from what I heard, it was kind of a George Groves kind of easily won the fight. Eubank didn't put his best performance in. So uh, okay, so good. We we got to talk about the funner fights. <laughs> Another fight last week was Raymundo Beltran. Against Paulus Moses. Yeah, and Raimundo finally got his belt after, like, yeah. four tries. 36 years old, man. He finally gets the strap. And you know, you know what's big about this fight for him is him winning that belt. He can stay in this country. Like, I think it helps him get his visa or his green card because now he's, like, there's some – since he's a champion, he's considered like an elite level athlete now or, or something to where like, since he's at that level, it makes it easier for him to be able to stay in this country or something. Oh, nice. So, I mean, he was, so he was like, this fight was, 
everything was on the line for him with this fight, with being able to stay in the country and, like, his family. And, you know, now he's a champion, and hopefully he gets a, an, another or, like, a more, like, a big payday now. Because he's, he's a fun fighter to watch. And Moses is no slouch. Dude is 40-2 and two going into this fight. Um, yeah, it was you a know, great I, fight. Back and forth action the entire it. time. I I remember I was I forgot to DVR it so we were at that wrestling show and I was trying to watch it but I couldn't get any service in that in the building because everybody yeah. looked back and they're like what are you doing I'm like I'm watching David Avenesian yeah um but he's a guy that um I had always heard of Raimundo Beltran but never knew a ton about him but I kind of gained some respect for him when he you know when he took Crawford to the distance um you know not necessarily doing a lot to hurt, but I, I, I thought he deserved some, some good marks going 12 rounds with Crawford. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I was kind of pulling for him. I'm glad he won. That That's good. Good for his family. You know, especially at 36 years old too, you know, you're kind of at that, that leg. He's had two knockout losses out of his seven. So, I mean, he's, he's faced defeats where he's taken punches and, you know, those, like we said, do add up on you, but Hey, I'll, I'll give it credit though. That was uh, one thing. I was gonna say one thing about Beltron is like that he kind of one of his claims to the fame was that he was like a sparring partner for Manny Pacquiao for a long time, like one of his top, okay. one of his top, like one of his top uh, sparring partners. So maybe maybe that's why I recognized him uh, going into that Crawford fight because that the Crawford fight was was November I think of 2014, you know. So that's just two years into me getting back into boxing. So I still hadn't you know, grown my arsenal of, of normal and now foreign fighters of European and Asian descent that I now seem to know. So I was, you know, I was still on the ropes myself trying to, I was trying to get into those fights where I didn't throw the headgear. And I remember yeah. like, huh, this dude, this dude did a really good job against this guy that's supposed to be so badass and Crawford. Good for him. Yeah. Um, speaking of badass, Elijah, um, I take it you have finally finished Superfly too. Oh my lord! <laughs> Three awesome fights. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk it. Superfly two. We're cover- we got we got all three fights. We're breaking them down. Nietes Rebecco, Quadras Arroyo, Rung Visaya Estrada coming at you next. Stand in eight count. Strong style media. Your late night hip hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Halffine Adams, every Thursday night right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Catch up on your latest on hip hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you deal. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like diamonds. See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Victim, I believe don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my pet. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it I seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sort of clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man. Cause it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. 
And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at StrongStyleMedia.com. Enut. Enut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is? He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. I can't. What are you? I can't see that. You need glasses. I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. Strong Style Media presents... Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, basketball, survivor, even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Elijah, do you want to lead us in with that song? Percocet. Molly Percocet. Molly Percocet. I wasn't sure the approach you were going to take it. If you were going to go calm. Chase the check. Chase the check. Never put a mask on. That's it, mask off. That might be the the, the hoodest intro we've ever had on standing eight count. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to come in with that or come in crazy like that uh, that one parody video that you always showed me. <laughs> then he had like, what did he have? The, it was like the, the DVD cover of the movie The Mask and then Offspray next to each other. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> this is so irritating. I, I keep taking my hoodie off because I start sweating when we start talking, and then I put it back on because I'm cold, and then I have to take it back off because I don't know. It's weird. I think it's because there's a draft coming from Demtris's old room because I, I cracked windows in there to get to get the party started. Room of death. It is. Uh, it is now a vacant wasteland. Of uh, of nothingness. Although I still have the dog here somehow. I don't know how I ended up with that. I'm like, Demetrius has moved all his stuff up with peanuts still here. I was like, how did, how did I how did I get to keep the dog in this marriage? I don't know. Is, is, is he taking peanuts? Yeah, he's he's either coming back tonight or just gonna get it tomorrow. 
uh, she's she's calmed down now. She was she was going bat crazy uh, when he was leaving because I think she thought he was she was gonna get left here. And I'm like, oh man, she's gonna be screaming the entire show. So the whole show we're gonna hear. But uh, now she's she's just snoring, so she's she's passed out already. That was too much work for her. Uh, speaking of work, watching the work that we saw Superfly two, three awesome awesome fights I'll had something different to them I'll ask you this right off the bat um, you want to start at the top and you want to start at the main event and work our way to the undercard or do you want to start at the undercard and go to the main event let's build to the main event okay so the opening round we finally get to see Donnie, Donnie Nietes uh, the Filipino fighter he took on Juan Carlos Reveco and I gotta tell you Donnie Nietes might be one of the best defensive fighters I've seen in the last 10 years. The way that that guy would defend and then land shots, and he never looked rushed or panicked at any point in that fight. And Rebecca was putting some work in. Fifth round, Rebecca changed his whole fighting style and started getting more aggressive. And all the aggressiveness got him was a stumbling, lopsided walk into his corner, to which Max Kellerman said if this was the NFL, he would be put in concussion protocol. Oh, my Uh, God. That was insane, too, because they didn't even even catch the punch, like, live. They, like, ended the, like, the cameras panned away because the round was over. Then all of a sudden you hear Max Kellerman saying, oh, my God, he just caught – he just – took a huge punch and he's stumbling back to his corner. I think he's out on his feet or whatever. <laughs> he, he ended the sixth round there. Um, he ducked down to come in for like a body shot and he just met right on the mush, a right hand. Nietzsche threw a left hook too that kind of grazed the back of his head. Yeah, but it was man, like that, he put that, his face into that right hand. That right hand was, that was a great punch like right on the money. <laughs> That was a that was a, like, a good pad. They were wondering why they even like even let him go out for the next round because he was like he was like his legs were all like rubbery and wobbly and he was kind of like walking all like weird and stuff and he was like started <laughs> running around the ring to try and show that he was like okay but he really wasn't. <laughs> oh man, it was it was reminiscent of Pacquiao um, Pacquiao versus Algeri. When the trainer's like, I'm going to let him out the cage. He's going to come out the cage. And then he be, he got knocked down the first of six times. When uh, Andre Ward's like, that's what good fighters do. As you can see, he's got his feet back, and he's going to fight his way back into this fight. And then he ate, like, six punches and almost fell out of the ring. <laughs> like, oh! Um, you know, and but but he you're right. You know, he ran around. He made it look like he was still going. And even Andre Ward thought he was back in the fight. And I was like, huh, this dude's got some heart. Oh, boy, he's dead. He's dead. Stop <laughs> this thing. <laughs> Johnny Nietzsche came out and said, look, some of you guys have seen me that have fire sticks. Just just giving a shout out to fire stick watchers. Uh, some people have seen me on YouTube. You know, Elijah's kind of a YouTube guy sometimes with these fights. You know, and, and a yeah. lot of you overseas guys have seen me fight. But now I'm here. And obviously he didn't say the words fire stick in YouTube. I was just trying to pat myself on the back when we were talking about these fights a few weeks ago, but he showed out that he belongs in this weight class. I love it. I cannot wait. We still haven't seen Khalid Yafai yet on these shows. 
and I thought he was going to get shoehorned in, but he didn't. You know, if you add Chocolatito and, and Noyoya in your way, there is, I mean, four, six, there's, there's eight studs at this division. I think this was my pound for pound before, but obviously because of the showing we got from Nieves and what we'll get to in the next two fights, if they weren't already, this this officially to me solidifies 115 as my pound for pound. Um, obviously, that was my long ordeal. What were your thoughts on Nietzsche versus Juan Carlos Rebeco? Oh man, it was just it was a it was a clinic put on by Nietzsche. I mean, the counter punching, the defense, the power punches. I mean, this guy, like, seems to be like he's the total package. And could he be the next, like, Filipino uh, star? Maybe. The one thing that Nietes does have going for him, he's 41-1 and with four draws. But this May, he'll be 36 years old. It's the only downfall. Does he look like he's 36? Hell no. Not the way he fought on Saturday. But I tell you what, this dude is going to be a player at least for the next three, four years in this division. Yes, he is. And, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, he's a guy like Inoue where it's, you know, I've I've seen him and I'm like, I just want him to get on American television. I want exposure for these guys. He looks like he's a young 36. That's a good way to put it. That's a really good, like he hasn't, like he doesn't have the road miles of some of these guys. Yeah. Or like the, like he hasn't, doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to have been in like a ton of like brawls or like just like hard, tough fights. Like he's kind of preserved himself pretty well. It seems like to me. He, and I think, you know, I, I, I said this before, but I think you can really credit it to how good of a defensive fighter this guy is. It was, it was marveling watching the way, and Rebecca was not, you know, throwing light. He was throwing punches. I mean, in those seven rounds, I think he threw about 400 some punches, maybe more. Yeah. So he wasn't shying away from the action. You know, he was, he was throwing at least 50 around, you know, it might be 60 around at that pace. And I think he landed something like like a, like a, like a sixteen percent, like just just unheard yeah. of numbers. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a high percentage. It was yeah. So Donnie Nietzsche is here to stay, at least for the time being. Um, you well, know, as Elijah well. said, he's a Filipino sensation that that is stepping in at the right time, too. You know. Yeah, with Manny Pacquiao kind of making his exit. Maybe Bob Arum can get Nientes now. Uh, what, the one thing that was a little... <laughs> little what's that? I said maybe Bob Arum can add him to top rank now. <laughs> I wonder where he actually is under. Um, Trying to see if what I have listed doesn't have what he's in. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can register on BoxRec as his promoter, though. <laughs> that would That'd be, be interesting. Um, one that I was, I was really hoping was going to be 
they were going to show, but they didn't, was the Artem Delakian, uh, Delakian versus Brian Valora fight. It made the show, but it didn't make TV. It was a 12-round fight. I heard it was, I heard it was almost as fun as these other fights were. So, you know, maybe there'll be a way to, to get it. If anyone's got a link, throw it on our standing, you know, get it asked to, ask to join our standing eight count group on Facebook and post that uh, Delakian uh, Valora fight because I'd really like to see that. Um, we go to the semi-main, and I, I will say that I, I think, Elijah, right now, this fight is in my top ten, top five fights of the year right now. I love this fight. Carlos Quadras, McWilliams, Arroyo. Quadras comes in as the, the obvious favorite. He's still mad that he didn't get his rematch after, you know, the, the, the Chocolatito fight. And McWilliams Arroyo put on a body clinic clinic of punches that just broke Quadras down. And not only did it break him down with the body punches, but he was messing his face up a little bit. Quadras put on a hell of a performance himself. I had the fight 96-94, McWilliams Arroyo. Um, you could, I could definitely see how it was a draw for a while. I had all odds going one fighter, all evens going the other fighter. And then Quadras kind of snuck in, and I had Arroyo getting the last two. But I, I, I had the 6-4, the to four, McWilliams Arroyo. How did you have this fight? I had it. Um, what I don't like. I didn't do an official score, but I had Mc. I had uh, McWilliams winning by probably like. I think I. I think I had uh, McWilliams winning by like three rounds. Okay. I was actually pretty. I was actually pretty disappointed in Quadras' performance. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was game, and he was throwing punches, but. To me, uh, or uh, McWilliams Royal looked to be more in control of the fight. He looked to be the better technical fighter. To me, he was landing the sharper punches. Like I just, I was pretty disappointed in Quadra's performance. And man, I don't know what happened to that guy. Ever like after his, after his loss to uh, Chocolatito, I was like, man, this guy is good. And then just like since then, he is he hasn't really that great in my eyes and like he's had like four different trainers and like now yeah, he's now he's over four fights. yeah and then like he's like that one guy he's like i got the best trainer in boxing abel sanchez in my corner it's gonna be a break <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he then, loses to gonzalez he beats carmona he loses to estrada and then loses to arroyo and a lot of those fight like the the um, Estrada fight, he just kind of just folded. Like he mm-hmm. was in control of that fight for like the first half or so of that fight, and then just down the stretch he just kind of folded. And he didn't look that great in the fight after. Finn be Finn be And then after. The, and then after, like, the fight uh, after Chocolatito, he didn't look that great. And then this fight, I just, man, he just, he's been really disappointing to me lately. And I think, I think we might have seen, like, the best of what Quadras was. And I think, like, that, that fight for Chocolatito, I think he pretty much, that was the best you're going to see out of him. And you're probably not going to ever see 
him that good again, in my opinion. Yeah, he. I could see him definitely being one of those middle-of-the-road guys who gets fights because of the name, wins some, loses some. But, you know, we he'll keep getting put on TV because he gets – you know, like Provotnikov, where he keeps getting on, put on TV because he has entertaining fights? Yeah. Um, and guys want to fight him because they know they'll get a, they'll get a good fight out of him, but it's not going to hurt him to beat They'll be able to beat him. Yeah. So I think you're right about the the best uh, that we've seen of him. But I, I tell you what, McWilliams. And here here's two takeaways that I that I will say about that fight. And I think I think Letterman might have made a mention to it, but I'm going to mention it regardless because if he did, if he did, great. If he didn't, I'll, I'll say it. But before I say that, like I said, that clinic Arroyo was put into the body was just I, I, I physically felt like you could you could watch Quadras getting systematically broken down where every round he'd just come out and throw a little less and a little less yeah. because every time he you know, he'd land a couple shots but he'd eat four to the body. And yeah. you know, over the course of eight rounds, you know, he had nothing left in the ninth and the tenth. And yeah. Arroyo took those. So, and those were, you know, and for the judges there who, you know, the one scored at a draw, I had it 96, 94, you had it 97, 93, which is what, so we had the two judges who didn't score at a draw. Yeah. Without those two definitive rounds that, that you, you know, I'm sure you gave Arroyo the last two, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. So if you get rid of those right now, that means you'd only have Arroyo up by one. And I would no, you'd be at you'd be you'd have been down, and I would have had a royal losing. Ah, you know, so because if you look at it, I had ninety six, ninety four. You take those those two tens away, and the two nines away, and now you know it's 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 a one point fight in favor of Quadras, where he's up. You know what would it be sixty five, sixty four. Um, and you know, like I said, with your boat, so he literally gave the fight away in the last two rounds because he just couldn't, I mean, his arms wouldn't go past his, his chest. I mean, you'd see him reach up and it looked like he was in so much pain. Yeah. I also too think that Arroyo just was quicker to the punch. Like there are a lot of times where it looked like Quadra's like, like would take a jab or like a straight and he wouldn't like really be expecting it. It would just like, it'd just be bam. And he'd be like, Oh shoot. You know what I mean? Like it didn't seem mm-hmm. like, it didn't seem like he was, a, he didn't seem like he was very sharp. And it seemed like yeah. Arroyo was beating him, beating him to the punch a lot. And I don't know. I would like Max Kellerman was kind of saying some stuff that I agree with where it just looked like uh, uh, Arroyo was just more in charge of the fight. Looked to be the more technically sound guy. Looked to like kind of be the more ring general in the situation, you know. Yeah, I remember. I remember he kept debating that with Letterman when Letterman had like the first two rounds. He gave the two to to Arroyo or to Quadras, and Letterman said, "I I I went the other way on that round and got two for Arroyo." Where Letterman, yeah. you know, and that's where Lampley was given the, you know, that's what's great about this fight is we have two good judges giving it two different things. And I was yeah. I I had it two one Arroyo after the first three as well, but I had the rounds yeah. different than they do because I gave the first and third to Arroyo, 
the second at Quadras, where they both gave Quadras the second, and they were split on the third. So, I mean, it, it, it was a close fight when, you know, when you take three different people. I know I'm not the same level as those two, but I had, you know, everything, our three rounds were all different, but we still had almost the same outcome. So it was, a, and, and that's why I think I, I put the, the fight in such high praise, was I was entertained from bell to bell. Uh, yeah, it was a great was fight. It was it was a great fight, and I'm not going to argue that. I just still, but you're right like, about quadros. Yeah, like it's still kind of disappointing seeing like how good he looked against Chocolatito and just kind of how he seemed to decline since. Uh, then we make our way to the main event: Sarisaketsu Rung VSI against Juan Francisco Estrada. Um. I thought they got the call right. I had one more round for Estrada, but I still had, I think, whatever. I think I had seven or seven five or eight four for Rungvasai. I think the only difference from Letterman's card is I gave Estrada the third, whereas he gave Rungvasai the third. But I thought I thought they got the fight right. Um, before we break it down, are you happy with the decision? Yeah, I'm happy with the decision. I had it like I had it like seven five, seven six. I didn't really. I I was just watching the fight without sound because we were on the air, <laughs> and I didn't really hear the judges' scorecards. But uh, I had I had uh, to risk a tat winning in a, yeah, in a close yeah. fight. So yeah, I mean you had it seven five. That's one fifteen, one thirteen. I think that was. The, the mindset, there was one judge that had it, 114-114, a draw. Um, and, I mean, like, it's it's crazy because Estrada was boxing so well. But, yeah, 116-112. Uh, so so Sorry. Yeah, so aside, like, Estrada was boxing so well and, like, you know, moving around and, hitting him from the outside and kind of keeping his distance pretty decently. And, I mean, just uh, Sarangvi side just walked through everything that he had. And when he would hit him, <laughs> you could tell that a, a stra- like that he could feel it and that he was feeling his punches more than Sarangvi side was feeling his punches, even though he was landing a lot of clean shots, Estrada was. It's just... Man, that fight was just, it was a great fight. Yeah, another easily top 10 fight of the year. This card, I knew this is what this card was going to produce. And if you really want to talk about it, you can rank the Nieta's fight up there too because of how fun it was. For Yes, it was only half half the card or half of a fight, but it was so fun. Um, I 100% agree on the Estrada take. The dude was boxing so well and fighting such a good fight. But it's almost like when you have that, you know, that, that boxer in knockout Kings who's only had two fights and you decide to fight somebody who's like ranked two in the world and you're having the best fight of your life. But the second he hits you once your life bar goes, doo-doo. he hits you again, yep. doo-doo. and you're just like, man, I landed six, seven shots. And this dude just halted me with one punch. And I went, Whoa, I yeah. wasn't expected. And, and that's why it's wrong. Beside, I, I a hundred percent can see how one of the judges scored it a draw. And I'll tell you, yeah. I'm not mad about it because I see what they saw with how well Estrada was boxing. 
But you also, and, and you know, this is why it wasn't a draw. The other two judges saw the fact that Rungvisai walked through everything. And when he hit, he walked through punches. Estrada stepped backwards after taking a punch. It was complete. It was, it was force meeting force. And one would move the other no matter who was throwing the punch. And that, yeah. to me, says wonders about the strength that we're seeing Srisiketsu or Rungvisai display in these fights now three in a row. He mm-hmm. has dominating power. And if you look at the 12th round, that might be the round of the year. Because yeah. Estrada did one thing that we always criticize these guys, Elijah. He, they don't go for it. I mean, who is that? We, I think we've seen one fight in the last year where in the 12th round, the guy actually went for it and almost did something in the 12th round. And Estrada went for it in the 12th round. And he had Rungvasai finally on Dream Street. And Estrada kept snapping out of it and throwing bombs right back at him and halting his offense. Yep. It yeah, was such a great round. He's like, screw it, no more boxing. I, uh, I got to win this fight. And if I lose, I'm going to go out on my shield. I was going to, like, when we, one thing I was going to actually bring up to you, like, to kind of backtrack is just an inch. We don't have to really talk about it or get into it too much, but just a in, little interesting factoid. Quadras beat uh, Sarong Viasai earlier. Like, yes. on. did you know yeah, that? He's, yeah. He's one of, isn't he one of two losses for Rung Vasai? He has four. Rung, Vas- Rung Vasai. Okay. Yeah. 45. I four. Four. Yeah. Can you believe that Quadras beat, Rung Visai. Yeah, that was yeah, May thirty first of two thousand fourteen. That was how Quadras won the, the his super flyweight title. Yeah, so we don't have to talk about that, but I just want to throw that in there because it's like it just it's crazy to me how one guy has went the other way and the other guys went the other way. So I'm looking at Rung Visai's record in his first five fights he was one, three and one. Wow. Talk about the exact opposite. Usually when a guy starts a career like that, they throw you to the wolves to get eaten. You pretty much become like a guy who just is a placeholder to fight <laughs> up and summers. And then, and then he, in the second round, he knocked out Sorosak Lore Lytha Jim and then Ocean Sword Jitty Jim in the fourth round of the next fight. <laughs> what? Ocean Thor? Ocean Soar Jitty Jim. That was after defeating Sorosek Lore Lytha Jim. Also, uh, in case anyone wants to know, in October of 2012, he beat Boy Tonto. (laughs) Some of these dudes that he beat. Den Natapole Jim. Did he beat Toadsack? <laughs> I don't see Turnsack though. He did beat Ole Tala Taled Klanglad Sawai. That was before the Chocolatito victory. Oh, okay. I always love how um <laughs> uh, what's his name? Michael Buffer's like Wisus Silwanek also known as Sarisic. He like he says the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. We sack Sil Wanyak, aka. <laughs> I'm like, we're back, to the, 
I don't mean to ba- I didn't mean to get us off track from the from the Estrada Sorangi side fight. So back to that. No, and I'll say this too. Here's another another cool little factoid. And this is what I was going to get to um, on the the Quadras aspect, and I totally forgot. Carlos Quadras, the heavy favorite in there against um, against McWilliams Arroyo. Arroyo gets a decision, and not only does he get the decision, but the the overall favorite loses the decision in a title fight to the underdog. That doesn't happen. That's why I, yeah. I was so impressed with McWilliams Arroyo. Yes, one of them had it as a draw. <laughs> Excuse me, but you never see the underdogs get those close fights like that. Yeah, no, you don't. And then to top it off, we get yes, one headed in the draw as well. But Srisiketso Rungviasai, who was the favorite, was clearly the non popular vote uh, in the fight with Juan Francisco Estrada. And the crowd literally dictated that fight. You didn't get, you obviously, like you said, you didn't hear it. But that was a, that was a more pro crowd for Estrada than I think Horn was in Australia against Pacquiao. Wow. And Estrada doesn't get the judges as well. And that's after a judge giving, giving it a draw, seeing the, the Estrada throwing, like throwing and landing the more, the more boxing punches, you know, the five to one that we were talking about for most of the fight. So in, in a sense, we're in a time where a lot of these judges have been getting this wrong. Two judges or two fights, back-to-back went not only to the right guy, but to the guy that probably wouldn't have won if you would have just normally seen one of these fights because of crowd control, punches landed, and being such a huge favorite to underdog in the other fight. So I I give 100% credit to the judges that showed up for this card as well because they did it correctly. And this was, this was the, this might be the best card that we've seen. I know it's mid-February, end of February, but this is, this right now is my card of 2018, I think. Yeah, this has been the best card of 2018 so far, so. Three awesome fights. The right guys won the fight. Hopefully there's more like it, and hopefully there are some that are better, because that's a box of speed. So, last thing before we take our last break and break down uh, next weekend for about 15 minutes here. Maybe a little more. We got overtime if we need it. Um, Chocolatito, do you see him coming back and trying to get his get his foot back in the door with these guys, or is he going to maybe just be done? Or I mean, does he take less of a fight? Like, what do you think? What, what do you see from Chocolatito next? Ah, uh, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't think he wants to get back into the ring with Sariskatat, so that's probably out. <laughs> Um, and I feel like Estrada and McWilliams are going to kind of probably go on and do different things too. And I don't really know about what Quadras is going to do. Maybe him and Quadras have a rematch to see who can get back up in there. But Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Chalco Tito is, he's been in some, some, Pretty brutal fights. He's getting up there in age. He's having a hard time like making his like weight that he's best at. It, it might be just time for him to kind of hang him up and just say it was a it was a good run. I was a pound for pound for years, and I just I don't have it anymore. Uh, 
Yeah. ESPN still has them ranked ranked fifth. God, once once again, you know, we, we talk about these. Where does this division rank? I got I got something else, and I'm not trying to get too sidetracked. But listen to this top eight of this division as as the way that they have it. Susiketsu Rungvasai, Naoya Inoue, who just dominated Juan Boyo in the end of December. Uh, Juan Francisco Estrada, Carlos Quadras, Chuck Latito Gonzalez, a guy that you were you, you saw on TV and were really hyped for after his uh, domination over Israel Gonzalez and Yerwin Ansehats. The guy I've been talking about for for the last couple of months, Khalid Yafai, got him at seven. You got Rashi Warren at eight, um, who, who did really well against McJoe Arroyo last last July, and then uh, another dude that's that's been fighting overseas that. Cracks this top 10, and I'm wondering if the Kohei Kano fight was big enough that maybe we see him on TV, but Rex So, he's 22-0. and 0. Dude's a really good fighter. Rex So? Rex? Uh, like R-E-X? Yeah, Rex, like a, like a, like a dinosaur, and then So, like T-S-O. What's that? Rex and effects. Rex and effects. Yeah, like Rex and effects without the W. Uh, okay. The TSO, Rex So. But he defeated Kohei Kano, big Japanese named guy in October. This division is really good, man. Is this is this even approach your, anywhere in your top five yet? Or am I just really, really way more high on this? I just feel like with the, comp- have- the competition is so, so good together. Did I have it in my? T- I I thought I might. I thought I had it in my top five. Maybe I didn't just because. You might like have I said. I'm not. I'm like I'm not super versed on fighter like fighters from across the sea. So I I, I probably should get better acquainted with the Asian fighters and like the fighters from the like Philippines and stuff. So I mean, I don't know. Wait, I thought I maybe might have say it your top six. You definitely know now. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's for sure. And we didn't even talk about Donnie Nietzsche's and um, McWilliams Arroyo, who who just have titles now that weren't even on this. They're not even on that list. Yeah, like, it's crazy. crazy. The, last time, the last time I seen McWilliams Arroyo fight, he got like he like lost. He got beat up by Chocolatito, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he took like that like kind of layoff or whatever. So. I but think yeah, I, I don't know. I gotta that, check this division out a little more. Yeah, ch- check out Rex So, and then check out Khalid Yafi. He was uh, or Yafi. I I I think it's Yafi, but I call him Yafi always I, until I fully hear it. Uh, when I watch mm-hmm. when I watch these fights, I, I I'm not you know. Let's be honest. I don't know what the announcers are saying. I have no idea what's going on. It's like watching a New Japan show. They just are making it really entertaining. <laughs> so I just gotta kind of go off the way that I read it. But this dude was a, was an Olympic medalist, I think, in 2014 uh, or 2016, maybe 2016, 2012. But he was he was an Olympic medalist. I mean, this, this dude's a really good fighter. Um, so check those those dudes out. Second question: If the monster doesn't leave this division, when the hell do they start feeding some of these guys to the monster on HBO again? Or do you think he moves up? And then they try to start a new run, uh, showcasing that that next division up. Uh, what, what's next? The 118 division. Wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he moving? Didn't he? Wasn't he moving up anyways out of this division? 
they were Already? talking that he was he was definitely moving up. It was something like if he won, if he won that that fight that he had against Yoan Boyu, that he's probably moving up, and that's why they didn't put him on Superfly two. And mm-hmm. Kellerman kind of said it too when they showed those eight fighters in that box. They had Inouye still in there, and he said, "But Inouye could be moving up." Um, you know, there's uh, you know Luis Neri, Shinsuke Yamanaka, Ryan Burnett. Um, I got. I have to pull up the list. Otherwise, those are about the only fighters that I really consider to be any form of danger at 118. But even at 118, oh Jamie McDonald, I forgot about him. Um, I mean Zolan Tite. Yeah, it doesn't scare Juan Carlos Payano. Yeah, I mean, I I think he steamrolls at bantamweight, and I don't think he starts seeing any kind of trouble. You know, maybe Moises Flores, Danny Roman, Jesse Magdaleno, Ray Vargas at 122. But realistically, I mean, if Naomi Inouye could get to 126 comfortably, you know, he'd have, you know, even starting at 10 going up to one, Jesus Rojas, Jojo Diaz uh, Jr., Scott Quigg, Nonito Donero, Lee Selby, Gary Russell Jr., Oscar Valdez, Abner Mars, Carl Frampton, and Leo Santa Cruz. If you could get Naoya Inouye in that division, it is a jump. But I just I think he steamrolls through 118 and 122. I really do. I want to see. I just I'm just like f it. I don't like just if he stays at 115. Just place him in with Sorung Bu style, like right away. Oh my God! Uh, I, don't, I don't care to see. I don't care care to see him fight any of the other guys. I just want to see him fight Sorung Bu style. Oh my gosh! Like like it. I said to you, it's gonna be like watching Goku and Vegeta. Like that, like parts yeah. of the planet's gonna get blown off and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that 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 is one. Fight that I'm anticipating, and and that's that that oh my god sorry I have to take off my hoodie I'm getting so excited now back to back to taking this off and and that's that's for you know for you fans listening who are also not up on the the foreign fighters like like Elijah said he need you know he wants to get more into to the to the overseas fighters that's one of the more anticipated fights for him and he's only seen Inoue once and wrong the aside three times that's how good these guys are. That's how good this freaking division is. Like, if you, I just, I hit the table so hard, I messed my mic up again. God, this division's got me excited. Holy hell. It's, it's, it's guys like this that need to get put on TV and, and need to get recognition. Not Adrian Bronner and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Like, this, these are the guys that need to be showcased here. And I'm glad HBO is going out of their way to make these Superfly cards. They're selling tickets. That building was packed at the forum, man. They were yeah. packed in there. Oh, boy, Naoya Inouye, Sriska Tetsoa, Rungvasai, let's go. <laughs> let's do this. Holy man. Woo. Okay. I, I, that, that, those are my questions I wanted to ask you. We're going to pause last break of the night. We're going to come back, close out tonight. We got two awesome shows next next Saturday, March 3rd. Boxing is coming back into the normal swing of things. And we're going to, we're going to talk it up. We, we got a lot of fights to discuss. It's going to be fun as all hell. Standing A count, Strong Style Media. Don't go away. Missing out on an awesome uh-huh. show sucks. 
SeatGeek is an app that lets you track your favorite artists and notifies you when they announce new shows nearby. You can even connect your favorite music services so that you never miss out again. SeatGeek, the smart way to buy tickets. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? We got you covered. From WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, Lucha Underground, All Japan, and more. We're talking the highs and lows in pro wrestling. Heck, we're even giving you people from the Okadas and Omega. We're even talking the Bone Soldiers and Enzo Amoris. Sorry, Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Okay, I'm going to get that jersey for Steven. Oh, that Michigan sweatshirt is perfect for Susie. Ryan is going to love this hat. Fanatics.com has great gifts for all the sports fans in your life. Go to Fanatics.com right now and get free shipping and up to 10% cash back on absolutely everything. Every sport, every team. Fanatics.com, where sports fans shop. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil, and I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. The one and only Standing Eight Count Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's Standing Eight Count Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. Alexa, call Ashley. Yeah, it's about time you call that girl. No, 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 he just talked to that girl two hours ago. You gotta let love marinate. Put love in that bag to marinate. Mmm, love gonna be in that bag like, mmm, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. What? And then, after it marinates, no, you're gonna pull it out. Jamie, who's Alexa? Say it! Say it, Jamie! You Alexa, that's right, I'm Alexa. Thanks, guys, but I'll take it from here. I saw that picture, Elijah, and I was like, man, even the way in Antonio Nieves was not excited about fighting Naomi anyway. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. his face. Wow. Man. Okay. I am I am calm and I'm just gonna get more hyped. <laughs> Cause March third and all hell breaks loose, man. I cannot wait. These fights are going to be awesome. Where do you want to go first? You want to go HBO or you want to go Showtime? Flip a coin. It doesn't matter to me. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, it is it is heads. Heads will say it's Showtime because that was first on the schedule list here. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how many fights we're going to get on the main card, but three fights that I'm really excited about. Uh, Deshaun Johnson's taking on Sergey Derevianchenko in an eight-round middleweight fight. 
I am a huge Derevianchenko mark. I'm excited for this fight. Uh, Jose Uzgatuzzi against Andre Durrell for the IBF intern super middleweight rematch from the the Durrell family reunion in the middle of the ring with chairs and punches and police being hit and that craze the after the bell shot Uzgatuzzi hit Durrell with. <laughs> that fight was nuts. You, you think it's going to be calmer this time around? Oh, man. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Like, his, his uncle snapped. Remember his I mean, uncle, I, like, I, fled the city, too? Yeah. Well, I mean, because he's got he charged with assault. <laughs> like, after a boxing match, a dude's uncle flees the city. Like, this is like a movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> double take, part three. Terrence Crawford and Manny Pacquiao come together one more time to find the uncle of the Durrells. Since the cops can't do it. Hopefully we just get a good fight out of it and there's no, like, no extracurricular crazy stuff. Because, I mean, I don't know, man. That that punch that Uskatugi hit Durrell with was pretty – was after the bell big time and knocked Durrell out cold. Oh, my God. It was, like, two se- – like, I, I know people are like, oh, it's only two seconds. Count. One 1,000. Two 1,000. Hit. Like, that's a long-ass time after ding. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Especially when and that he's, was... he's defenseless and there's, like, the round's over and you, he just, he crushed him. Oh, that was... And I think the worst part about it, too, is, like, that was a punishing-type shot that even if Darrell was ready for, might have knocked him down. Like, yeah. that was not... You know, that wasn't like they're in the middle of finishing up their combo and they hit the other guy. This was like, yeah. I have my super and I'm going to use like right bumper and X and full stamina hit you. Cause that was just, it was so brutal. And oh, then, okay. and then the other, didn't the other Darrell come in the ring too? I think so. That was I wild. Think, I, I don't remember which Darrell brother it was, but it could have been the same one, but, um, Arthur Abraham hit him after the bell too and like knocked him out in the I think it the, was like, I think it was Andre because I thought they made mention to it. Like that's the second time Andre Durrell has been floored after the bell. Yeah. And that like pretty much took him out of the that took him out of the Super Six tournament and he almost like stopped boxing after that. Yeah, that's first that's rough. That that's rough getting hit like that. Um and I, I like the Durrells. I think they're fun. Like I, I enjoy watching their fights. I don't know. I can stand without their uncle coming in like a kamikaze pilot. Like I, You know, not to keep harping on that, but I don't even know where he came from. Well, what happened was he walked over from the other side. He was, he's a trainer. He's, he's in the corner of the Durrells, and he, he was on the other side of the ring. And after it happened and after, like, the fight was called, like, a DQ or whatever – he walked over to Yuskatugi's corner and kind of sat there and was like, sort of, kind of like talking, sort of, and then all of a sudden he just like hauls off and like sucker punches Yuskatugi, whatever <laughs> Yuskatugi. <laughs> it's I mean, like he, he came he over and asked him for like a cup of sugar, and then when Yuskatugi went to like scoop the sugar, pop, he hit him when he wasn't. <laughs> just... Man, he hit him hard too. I was like, wow, pops can punch. 
And like, I think what got me was the camera was positioned in a way where you didn't see him. So it was almost like on a wrestling show when like somebody does a run in and everyone starts making noise, but nobody knows why they're making noise because the camera specifically won't show it for that reason. Like all of a sudden, yeah. then this dude was just in the picture and he hit him. And I'm like, oh. And I'm with you. I hope we get a nice, clean fight. I think it's going to be a really good fight. And I think these guys are going to go hard because I think Darrell feels like he's got something to prove. And I think Uzgatuzzi's mm-hmm. still mad from everything that stemmed from, you know, why he threw the punch. So I think this, this has got a good, a good amount to be a really entertaining fight. And then the domino effect that we've all been freaking waiting for. Deontay Wilder, King Kong, Luis Ortiz is your main event. This could be the stepping stone to getting Joshua and Wilder later this year. It's the first of the two fights. Um, let's break down uh, the three fights to get your opinion on them. Drevi and Chinko to Sean Johnson, who you got? I don't really know much about either of those fighters, honestly. Say like, Drevi and again, Okay, I'll just say Drevi and Chenko. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Elijah. He knows what he's talking about. I'm gonna take uh, as yep. well Sergey Derevianchenko. Uh, thanks by for knockout, by knockout in the second round. Yes, yeah, I'm, yeah. Once again, Elijah knows all these fighters. I'm taking exactly what he said. <laughs> I feel like Deshaun Johnson uh, should not show up. Now, now all this hype and Derevianchenko is gonna lose, and I'm gonna throw my remote in anger. Like, damn it! But I get. <laughs> Who's that other guy that you really liked that I gave you crap for liking and then he lost? Oh, um. Uh, yeah, Gen- is no, it, yeah, uh, was it? Was it? Was it? No, it was a different guy. It wasn't, it wasn't Dilatisanen who fought Mike Garcia. It was another guy. Um, he got knocked, he got knocked, like, he got knocked out because, and I was, like, just giving you crap because you were hyping him up. And I'm like, who is this guy? He was another Russian guy. Do you remember who knocked him out? Um, no, I don't. We'll, we'll find he, it. We'll like, find you, it. You were hyping him up so bad you can't even remember his name. Because <laughs> I was trying to think of who who had lost in the last. He was another. He was another Russian dude. And I'll, he I'll... like was knocking, and he was knocking people out like left and right, like. He's like, you're like, man, this guy's like Triple G. Oh, I know. Um, let me, let me, I, I think I know how I can, how I can figure this out. Let me, let me try something here. Um, what do you think about the Darrell Uskatuzzi fight? I am going to go Uskatuzzi. Ooh. By, by a TKO. Ooh. And probably like Ooh. in the middle rounds. I think I think I'm still going to oh boy this is hard. See, I think the one thing that like a part of me wants to say Durrell, but it it goes it goes back to the whole you know what if he really is affected by this punch? You know what I mean? And wasn't Uska Tuesday kind of like wasn't he winning the fight? Up to that I point, think he might have been. Yeah. Okay. I, remember correctly. I think I might know who this guy is that you're talking about. Um, I just gotta, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta box wreck him, wreck him here. Uh, was it, was it, 
I can't I can't remember the smallest name. Was it Bakhtiar Yubov? No, it wasn't Bakhtiar Yubov. Okay. That's that's what I was thinking it might have been. Because I couldn't remember if he won his last fight. Why does Buster Allen come up? That's definitely not it. Okay, I, I was thinking Bakhtiar Yubov might have been the fighter. You said he was Russian? I believe he was Russian. Or maybe uh, he was... Maybe he was from Kazakhstan, too. Let me... Because nobody in the top 50 on box rec is anyone that I that I recognize that would have lost. I'll keep going through here. Um, what do you got, then? Obviously, the main event, which is our big... Our, our big one. King Kong. I'm going to go Wilder. Wilder, you in this decision. You think uh you think uh or um you think it goes the distance? Yeah, I think it goes the distance. I think the only thing that could stop it from going the distance is if Ortiz tries to like box like fight fight with him. Yeah. Do you think he he can handle he can handle that power? Man, I don't know if there's really anybody in the world who can handle all this power. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, it wasn't Bakhtiar Yubov. His last opponent was a no decision back in January. Hmm. He was on an undercard. He was on an undercard of a fight that we were watching, like on a pay-per-view. He was on the undercard. Well, he was on a pay-per-view. And he got, like, knocked out, like, and you're like, what the heck? Um... I wonder who, let's see what, because now I'm really intrigued by this, <laughs> to see what we got. Uh, looking at the HBO card, uh, we have the the Dimitri Bivol-Selvin Barrera fight, which I'm really excited for the, the undercard of, or the, the fight of Bivol fighting another one of these, these guys, uh, you know, the, these title contenders. Uh you know, the, the rest of the division. I keep trying to look this guy. I'm going to stop looking this up. I'm going to look this up off the air. Um, you, you like you said you you said you found out about him because it's like you watched him knock like knock some guy out really bad, and you're like, oh man, are you to watch about um, uh, uh, Evgeny Heatrov? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I love Evgeny Heatrov. He's awesome. What what happened to Evgeny? I'll, I'll look him up right now. That's who it was. Evgeny Heatrov. Um, K-H-Y-R-T-O-V. Heatrov. Uh, why is he not on box round? Let me try. Of Evgeny. Wow. I, I don't know why I can't find him on box round. Let me Let me do a natural Google search. Is it, is it Heatrov instead of... Heatrov or it's uh K H Y T R O V Evgeny Heatrov. Here we go. Um, let's see professional boxing record. He lost to Emmanuel Alim January fourteenth yes, of two thousand seven. He got knocked out in the sixth round. Yes. Um, he fought again in September and. Uh, Got a decision in the eighth round, so he's now fifteen and one with twelve knockouts. So he's he he came back and won his last fight. 
Okay. Um, not sure when he fights again next, though. It doesn't say. <laughs> That's who it was. Um, what do you got, Bevel and Sullivan Barrera? That's a tough one. Gosh. Oh, man. I... Or Bibol, whatever. I'm, I'm, going going I'm going Sullivan Barrera. Wow. Is that is that an upset? upset. Yep. Upset, definitely. Um, I will go Demetrius Bivol. I want to see him fight better BF Kovalev or Adonis Stevenson. Um, prefer Stevenson, but he ain't going to fight none of those three, let's be honest. Sullivan Barrera, though, that, I think that'd be dope if he got the win. I have nothing against Sullivan Barrera. And then what about the main event? Uh, we obviously have Sergey Kovalev uh, coming back and taking on um, – I can't remember his first name. It's Mikalik, I believe is his last name. Uh, where is it? Let me find that. Igor Mikalkin. That's his name. Igor. I would have never remembered Igor. If it's not if it's not Andre Ward, I'm picking Sergey Kov- Sergey Kovalev. So <laughs> Sergey Kovalev. Did you hear? Yeah, I'm going Kovalev also. Did you hear uh, Ward when when he's like Kovalev says he wants to have Kovalev Ward three and Kellerman's like ha ha. Well, that's not gonna happen. And he's like, well, it might. And he's like, what do you mean? I thought you retired. He's like, I'll never say never. <laughs> wow. Oh, you probably didn't have the sound on for that. I was no, during I the main event. They showed Sermon in the crowd or Kovalev in the crowd, and um, Kelvin's like, "Hey Ward, your your buddy Kovalev's in the crowd." And he's like, "He's like, oh, I said hi to him earlier," and he's like, "He's like, I saw he was talking about on Twitter wanting to fight you a third time," and he laughed and he's like, "Yeah, we'll see what happens." And he la- and Kevin's like, "What? You two would fight?" And he's like, "I thought you uh, I thought you retired," and and Ward's like, "Ah, oh, I'll never say never." Oh man. I'm like, oh, God, don't do it again. The second fight got less buys than the first fight. There's no reason to do this fight again. Yeah. Not <laughs> like, you you could over. put you could put Don King and Paul Heyman in each corner to try to hype the fight for you since you guys sucked ass at trash-talking the last time. I, I mean, yeah. We don't need a third one. And if, and if Kovalev hasn't improved his core... He's just going to get body shot to death in five rounds, six rounds. Like, I don't need to see this again. <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's move on. We have, we have three great champions in ability with Kovalev, Bevel, and Better Bev. Let's do something with these guys. And let's get Bevel yeah. and Better Bev advanced because they're the next gap of them. If anything, let's get a Chickenson fighting. I want, that's what I want. I want Stevenson to man up and go fight Kovalev. You know, he got in the ring, got punked out by Kellerman, and we haven't heard back from him. Yeah, we need. I would like to see that fight, too, because then they can unify the belts. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, God, but then if Stevenson beats Kovalev, Stevenson, I have no reason to fight people, better be a, I'm the real champ. I'm the man. <laughs> he's he's uh, still got to beat Billy Jack. Yeah, and he still owes a leader Alvarez. <laughs> Maybe a shot. I don't know how many times he's going to avoid fighting Alvarez. He'll never so fight Alvarez. But it's, you know, this 175 division is getting back on track. We got the two fights that I, I enjoyed. I was glad I went and watched Kovalev Ward 1. Uh, great, it was great for the division. And now with Bevo and Better Bevo, we get two nice, nice guys coming in here that we hadn't seen before. You know they they they're fun on the they're fun on the mic. 
the crowds are getting behind them. They're not getting booed like some of the foreign dudes when they step into these buildings. So the division, excuse me, the division's rolling on. I'm excited for it. But this weekend's going to be great, man. I can't wait to talk it next Sunday with you. Yeah, it'll be it'll, it'll, it'll be tremendous. Um, we may have some guests oh, coming on here. We we technically myself and Elijah are, are obligated to get you two guests in the next five weeks. So we're going to really have to get on our horn. Otherwise, uh, we have failed our contracts. And uh, that's not good when the chairman of the board fails. Because then I look like Vince McMahon getting poo dumped on him with the spirit squad. And I don't want that to happen. Damn it. Or, or tear both your quads. <laughs> yeah, tear, I'm going to tear my quads and get into the ring. Oh, no, no. Oh, fight. Fight. <laughs> so we may have some fun for you coming up in the next couple of weeks and people to talk with. Um, obviously we got a great card that we're going to review next week. March has got some fun boxing. April will be just as fun. The springtime always is great boxing. We're going to continue to bring the coverage. Catch us again next Sunday, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10, 1030. We kind of, you know, we'll roll around one of those times. But um, we'll be excited to talk to you. Elijah, thanks for chatting with me tonight. Rocking and rolling. As always, always. This, is, this is the Standing 8 Count. Hit us up, iTunes, Stitcher. Google Play, Radio TuneIn. Elijah, take us out. Mask on. Effort mask off. Woo.